guys, so welcome back to another ESL podcast, and I'm your host, Arsenio, if this is the first time you're tuning in, as I get a lot of people who have been tuning in, I just want to say thank you so much. I think by the time you guys listen to this, I will have reached the uh, 100,000 play mark. This is monumental. I'm in the six-figure club now. This is one of those clubs that aren't often reached. So I'm just so grateful, especially for all of you out there, man. Just any questions whatsoever. Again, the podcast will be coming up at any given point. I don't know if it's going to be before this or after this, because again, I do these podcasts in advance and I'm still about probably eight days away. By that time, I probably will have reached it already. So who knows? But you guys will get that massive uh, podcast in terms of the 100,000. So I just wanted to give my graces here right now. But um, nonetheless, guys, this is going to be a two-part series, baby. That's right. For the next two days, we're going to be talking about life skills, how to negotiate. This is a bit of personal development. So over the, we got to understand the value and purpose of compromising. All right. And again, understanding that no one ever wins an argument. That's a little bit of personal development. Dale Carnegie. Okay. Uh, again, people who want to win an argument, they are doing it for their ego because it feeds the ego. Right. And this is very important for a lot of non-native English speakers, because again, understand that I've had a number of occasions, especially with my Thai students, Whereas, you know, they've, uh, they've lived in Idaho, they lived in places in England, and, you know, people would uh, just, you know, they, they, they were racial, racially influenced situations where two of my Thai students tried entering a store, a guy said no, but he kept letting all the other English folks that were of the same, you know, background enter the store. She's like, why aren't you letting me enter? And so it, there's that, and then there's, of course, living in Idaho, where my students, um, you know, she's Thai, but a lot of the students would call her Chinese names and really bad names. And, and, you know, of course this is in Idaho. So predominantly Caucasian American living in these little small towns, they're not open. They're not, they don't understand what life really is. They live from a very uh, a mono, uh, a myopic point of view, meaning a very, very small point of view. So they don't know any better. So it's very important to understand the tactics of negotiation. And this is what I'm gonna be going over in the next two parts. We're gonna to listen to a lot of things, dealing with conflicts at university, uh, how to manage conflicts. We're gonna to listen to audios. There's gonna be a lot of great things for you, especially negotiating compromise. So we'll be talking about that in tomorrow's podcast. But today I'm gonna to give you four different situations, all right? In these four situations, we're going to have to break down, okay, in micro. So this is what I would do, and this is how I would give, because, of course, me, I'm basically going to become a transformational coach by the end of, uh, well, by next year. And I'm so excited about that because I've been influenced by another transformation coach in South Africa. So I'm going to be going through, like, a five-day program out there in Johannesburg, South Africa, uh, and of course, I'll be documenting everything on my Instagram. So if you guys from the ESL perspective are interested in what I talk about from the personal development perspective, you guys could go over there. You guys could check it out on the blog, check out the reading and all the other additional notes from this podcast. And then you'll see all the links on the blog and you'll be able to click it 
and you'll be able to go to these different outlets, you know, Twitter or Instagram or wherever you and your presence is. So in saying that, I'm so excited. I'm going to be giving it to you from a personal development coach perspective now. So number one, we got a girl by the name of Zoe. She's really irritated that one of the friends in her social group always dominates the conversation. A lot of you have been in similar situations where there's always someone that dominates the conversation. And not only that, but this specific person never admits being wrong. However, Zoe never mentions how irritated she feels about that specific individual. And she always walks away when it gets too much. As a result, she starts to see less of her other friends too. So she enjoys the company of her other friends. But when it comes to this one specific individual who is just so boisterous and wants to always dominate conversation, she doesn't like her so much. So this is the end result of how Zoe ended up, uh, you know, resolving that conflict. And that's very unfortunate because not only she lets one person take over, but the other friends end up, um, you know, she ends up losing touch with her other friends too. She doesn't even speak to her other friends about it. And so guys, this is your rule number one in terms of personal development and in terms of living overseas or in rela human relationships in general. You have to have that honest conversation. And this is what Mira has taught me, right? From the personal development perspective and her taking me through that 12-hour course already, she taught me that, Arsenio, if you don't start talking about these things, they're always going to haunt you and you're going to avoid these types of conversations for a very long time. And I said, yeah, you're right. I've been doing very well the past six months, though. I've been having very honest conversations the past six months. But there are things that I still avoid, such as Zoe. So having that honest conversation, you got to be real. It could be a termination. Um, some of you might be in a different culture and you're like, well, the guy is the dominant, you know, it's a dominant culture or a male, a dominant male culture. I can't speak to him that way. So what can I do? Well, you're going to have to speak to everyone else and say, hey, listen, guys, I love you like I do my next breath, meaning I love you so dearly, but I cannot be around this specific individual because he always does this. And so if you guys want to hang out off peak hours or, you know, you know, in other groups and uh, in other times where he's not around, I'm down. That's if you're coming from a dominant male culture perspective. OK, this could be the North Africa's, the Middle East, stuff like that. OK, this could even be parts of Asia, such as China, Korea and Japan. However, if you're from a Western country, you guys were open to saying, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna take this no more. But don't approach it from that perspective. You're gonna have to pull that person aside. And you're gonna have to let them know they probably don't even know that what they're doing is problematic. So you're gonna have to pull them aside and say, excuse me, I don't like being cut off too much. I would like to do some speaking throughout, you know, while you're, you know, but you make it very difficult for me to speak in front of everyone because you always like to dominate the conversation. I don't think you're aware of that. But again, how to criticize and not be hated for it. This is in the Dale Carnegie book, How to Win and Influence People. How to, win, how to criticize and not be, again, hated for it. 
So this is how you could compliment someone. Hey, you know what? I love you so much in terms of this and that. And if you can include me in conversations, this would be just fantastic. Instead of saying, using the other word, such as contrastive, a contrastive idea, but you could say, hey, if you do this and add the additional, of course, add that coordinating conjunction because it makes it seem like you're not giving criticism. It makes it seem that you're piling on on top of someone's ego, but at the same time, they're receiving the information differently. And if you can continue or, and if you could just let me speak, you know, during these different times or do this and do that, I would greatly appreciate that. And they're not going to take it as criticism. They're going to say, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. See what I mean? So that's one way to take it. Okay. Again, that's your tip. You got to have that honest conversation. Right now, message, not so much conversation face to face. It builds that rep. It, it builds you up. It builds that confidence. Don't come back from a level of attack understand how to criticize and not be hated for it. Now, moving forward, situation number two. We got a, a man by the name of Adam. Adam doesn't really like another player on his team. This could be a team sport, okay? It's mainly for the reason that, you know, during practice, he thinks that the other player deliberately does things wrong. It could be tackling in football, or it could be calling out his names or this or that. It's kind of like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, like personally, he wasn't a good person. He was an a-hole. He was this, he was that. His teammates would go so far to tell him that. I've never met the man personally, so I cannot say anything about him. But from an egotistical standpoint and a very aggressive standpoint, he would try to get other, under people's skin, but he would say it from a point so that they could get to his level. But there's a, a way of pushing someone to their level, but there's also being an a-hole and trying to invoke a reaction, whereas you end up getting in a fight. He reminds me a lot of the playground basketball players back when I was in high school. There was a guy by the name of Ivory who went, I hated playing basketball with him because all he did was talk, talk, talk. And he wasn't even the greatest. He wasn't even that. He was great at dribbling, but he couldn't finish. He was never on the basketball team in high school, but he would always talk, 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 talk. So. Sometimes the coach notices the tension, such as what Phil Jackson did at the, you know, at some of the uh, Chicago Bulls basketball practices and asked what's going on between them. Adam usually just says nothing, everything's fine. See, anytime someone says that, you know that there is a problem. So instead of probing, this is something that Stephen Covey talked about in uh, his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective uh, People. Instead of probing and saying, come on, you know nothing's wrong. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? They're going to blow up, meaning they're going to get very angry and just go crazy. This is what my brother would do, right? He would let everything build up. And instead of having an honest conversation and saying, Arsenio, if we could just, you know, help out. He only did that one time in my lifetime. And it was through message. He said, hey, mom needs to get a shot because she has, you know, a strep, strep throat. It's a very terrible, terrible illness. No, it's not an illness. It's just a bad, a horrible sore throat. And he asked me for money. And I said, okay, cool. Sent him the money. No problem. But his old self would just blow up and say, I'm paying everything. But you see what I mean? The nothing, everything's fine. You know what that is. It's a cry for help. So if there's a tension, if there's tension and he says, hey, what's going on? I'd be like, hey, well, over the past couple of weeks, I feel that you've been doing this. 
I feel that you've been like t t trying to take out my legs when it comes to football. I feel that you're throwing me under the bus. But from your perspective, how do you feel? Now, depending on what type of individual you're dealing with, they might blow it off. They might actually receive the information differently. And they might say, hey, you know what? That's my bad. I'm sorry. If you get very lucky, they'll do that. If they don't, they'll be like, no, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm like, do you see it, coach? And coach says, I see it. Go sit down. And then you can have a good conversation with them after. It's kind of like Gary Bertier when he went to one of his, the racist, um, what is it? One of the racist football players, right? This is remember the Titans back in the 1970s and 60s, obviously during those times in America, very, very heinous. Gary Bertier had to, make, had to have an honest conversation with his friend because he knew his friend wasn't blocking whatsoever. He didn't have it in his heart to block the other African-American athletes on the team and being Caucasian. Again, referred to segregation times 50 years ago. Gary, he's talking to Dean. Oh, I think his name was Dean or that was his nickname. But let's just say everyone was coming out the locker room. His friend came out the locker room. He said his name. He said, hey, you're off. And his friend said, what? He said, you're off the team. I'm not going to let you play for them anymore. Why? He had to have that honest conversation. He destroyed the friendship to protect his other teammates, regardless of color. This is critical. And these are some things that you can do being overseas. So going into number three, both Jake and another band member claim that, let's just say, he was the main writer. He was the main composer of this specific uh uh, in terms of what they were developing. It was a song, okay? And guess what? This song ended up becoming commercially successful. It's kind of like the, the big uh, girl band out here by the name of B, BK48, I believe. And so there was a lot of feistiness between these 48 band members. And so some of them come, some of them go, and they didn't know how to deal with these types of situations because one would claim all the credit without, being, without giving credit to the others. And some people, again, they would feel very harsh about that. But you have to understand from a personal development perspective that you do not need to get that credit. Now, that's a completely different topic for another day. But Jake is now doing everything he can to discredit the other team band member and prove that he, Jake, was the one with the talent and composed that music that ended up becoming successful. So the other band members are saying things like, oh, but you both wrote it. Are we going to sign a deal you know, with this, this company or blah, 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 blah? Well, it's all about egoism again. Jake can go, instead of discrediting, he could go up to the guy and say, hey, I feel that you've actually taken all the credit. I feel really bad about this. I feel that this was a collective effort. But again, I'm being thrown under the bus and I'm not being honorably mentioned. So how do you feel about this? There you go. That's an honest conversation. It's a tough one. It's hard to take that step, but once you take it, it's gonna become much easier. Then we have situation four. We got two people, they're studying for like, let's say they're studying for some kind of exams, and then after the exams, they're studying for something or whatever, and they're planning on going on a week's holiday. And then one person said, hey, you know what? I suggest coming over here and doing absolutely nothing. But the other girl or the other person said, hey, well, you know what? Let's look for a package deal. Let's do some snorkeling, windsurfing, diving, all these different things. But then they've settled for only three days of rest. Or, I'm sorry, they've settled for three days rest and three days of activities. 
Both of them are super happy about the decision. This is how you can solve things. See, I don't normally travel abroad, but know that I've seen relationships terminate because they've traveled abroad. There was a friend that I had back in the past. Her name was Gloria. Gloria went out with um, a couple of her friends. I can't remember where they were from, but they went to Costa Rica. Okay, big shout out to my Costa Ricans who listen to this. San Jose! And why, when they went there, you see the true nature of friends when this happens or when times get tough. When times get tough, normally the fair weather friends, the seasonal friends that kind of wither off and die, they go away, but they only come back when the times are good. So when you go out on a vacation and next thing you know, you see the nature of these people, you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. They, they want to do this. They're saying this. Oh, I don't want to go here. No, I don't want to do this. No, I don't want to do that. There was no compromise in whatsoever. Here, these two individuals, they said three days of rest, three days activities. And this is why it's so important to, to understand compromise. So I'm going to give you a situation from my perspective. When I went to Honolulu, Hawaii for the second time in 2013, just two weeks before I ended up moving here to Thailand, um, I went out with my friend, Elisa. Elisa was a college buddy, right? So we went to Honolulu. It was a, a complete tragedy getting there. Delta Airlines, worst airlines in the world. You guys suck. LAX, worst airport in the world, by the way. Uh, but anyways, and saying that, when we landed in Honolulu, um, we were so tired. We were so pooped out. We woke up at 2 a.m. We were operating on probably about two hours of sleep. It was relentless. It was relentless beyond belief. Okay, so when we landed, um, we took this speedy shuttle. We got to the, the hotel. We got some food. Um, we got back to the hotel. We were talking about going out, but we did go to the beach. We went to Waikiki Beach. But her and I were both very pooped out. We said, hey, we're going to hit it off tomorrow. So that next day, I forgot what we did. Um, but we ended up, like later on that night, we ended up, ooh, did we go snorkeling? But basically, we had to compromise. So let's say that a very, very difficult day that could have terminated the relationship was when we booked a rent-a-car the day before, but we went out and got ridiculously totally wrecked. These are the days where I used to actually go out and drink. <laughs> I rarely do that anymore, only on good occasions. Christmas, Thanksgiving, not New Year's, or possibly my birthday. Probably about, uh, let's say about seven times a year. But nonetheless, we wake up in the morning, she's, trying, she's shaking me, 5 a.m., wake up, we gotta get to the place, we gotta get to rent a car. I was like, no, I don't wanna go anywhere today. She's like, you're gonna get up and you're gonna go get this rent a car. I was angry. But then I said, well, we did book the rent a car. So here I am in the taxi, getting ready to throw up. Elisa's not even checking on me. She's like, you okay? Okay, cool, we're almost there, we're almost there. I sit down, we get to this rent a car service. There's this guy with this big fat ring on his finger. And he's looking at me, African-American, because we're just so cool. You know what I mean? Because when we see our own kind, regardless of where it is overseas, although, of course, Hawaii is part of America, uh, but, you know, it's just a completely different place compared to the mainland. He's like, hey, man, you all right? I was like, man, it was, uh, I'm surprised I'm walking. <laughs> you know, it was a tough night. <laughs> and, you know, me and him, he ended up being an ex-wide receiver for the University of Hawaii Manoa football team. So me and him are talking about so many different things. We get that rent-a-car, and it ended up being an amazing day after I got food. Elisa 
you know, she, I'm, I'm over here telling her, stop it. She's like, we can't stop. Da, da, da. I'm like, I need food. She's like, nothing opens until 11. I'm like, dude, I really hate Hawaii right now. How come nothing opens until 11 a.m.? It, it was just, it was crazy. But after I got some pizza in my stomach, I started being myself again. I started getting reminisced from some of these wonderful songs on the radio stations out there in Hawaii. We went to uh, Awalani Disney Resort. We went to the Pineapple Plan Plantation and it ended up being an amazing day on very little sleep. We got back home. I can't remember uh, what happened later on that night, but yeah, I think I was supposed to go out and meet one of my friends, but we ended up doing that the next day. But guys, compromise. Her and I, we were tight. We were close. But if you go with a friend, you got to make them understand what is it that you want to do on this day. I want to relax today. I understand that you want to be go, 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 go. But I'd like to pamper myself. I would like to go to the force. I would like to see nature. I would like to hear the waterfalls. I would like to get a massage. I would like to just sit poolside and have great conversations or sit at the bar and eat amazing cuisine. Got to be able to compromise with folks. All right. So guys, I gave you four situations. I gave you some personal development. I gave you a lot of things that you could have taken notes on. So go back, listen to this again, and come back if you need to. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to another City of ZSL podcast. Stay tuned for the second part coming up tomorrow. Over and out.